0: Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about the power of love and its creative expression in our lives. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello, and welcome to episode 73, falling in love with your business. Lisa Nichols is a business coach. A very simple way to say what Lisa does is she helps her clients focus on what's not working in their business right now and they fix it. A longer way to say it is that Lisa's clients usually know what they need to do to move forward in their business, they're just not doing it. What they want is for that tight feeling in their chest to go away and to be able to knock out the tasks and projects before them. Lisa helps them do that. In today's episode, Lisa and I talk about business and the importance of removing blocks and healing yourself so you can improve your life and your business. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today I have a wonderful guest, Lisa Nichols. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thanks, Corinne. So happy to be
0: here. So happy to see you. And thank you. And I always want to start at the podcast talking about love. And how and when would you say is your journey around love? Like, when did you make that decision in your life? I'm going to fall in love with myself. I'm going to use love as a way to heal myself and then move that into the service that I provide as a business coach to others.
1: Well, it has been a very long journey. Most of my life, I didn't want to be me, I wanted to be anybody else but me. And I dissociated a lot. I had depression, I um, was very good at whatever I took on in terms of a job or volunteer opportunity because I was driven through judgment, fear of judgment, um, perfectionism. And it's, I started my personal journey probably uh, around 1999 when, with my second divorce. And like so many of us, you know, that it takes a major thing for us to go, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is not working. I've got to change something so I started my personal journey then and I went into therapy for a few years I um, became really involved with a spiritual community and they were my uh, they, they were a big part of my spiritual journey being a leader in the in the um, spiritual community was a big part of my spiritual journey and I made a lot of progress but what really kind of exponentially made me move forward was about uh, let's see, when was it? 2018. I was uh, in a corporate job and I was feeling miserably. I was miserable. They were miserable. I just wasn't a good corporate employee anymore. And I actually got let go. And it was the best thing ever. I, w- I was working in San Francisco and I was on BART coming home and I was texting my husband going, guess what? Guess what? I got fired. Yes. You know, and we went out that night and celebrated. We just happened to go to a restaurant where some of my friends were. I'm like, come on, come on, come, come have a drink with me. I got fired today. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the best thing. And so the very next day I woke up like at 930 because I could. It was like a Wednesday. And I just had this big thought in my head that I was going to become an EFT tapping um, practitioner. EFT stands for emotional freedom techniques. It's also called tapping. and Um, and I had never, I knew about EFT, but it wasn't like a big thing to me. And so it was really surprised me. But for once in my life, I listened to that voice. I went and found a training program. I went to the training, um, about six or seven months later, I was a certified practitioner and it's kind of like tapping started that. And, um, I wrote, I I joined a program where I wrote a book, um, And it's a tapping book for parents of -of out-of-control teens. And through that, I just was doing so much tapping and working through shifting that subtle energy system within me and working through a lot of the issues that I had around my parenting and around who I thought I was and everything. And I just, I love when I do tapping a lot, I feel both like, like truly grounded in truly grounded both like to the, to the earth, but in my body, but then also like fizzy, fizzy energized, like, Ooh, this is great. I just love that feeling. And then it even worked, it, 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 um, can't think of the right word, but I popped even more. When I started working with a chakra coach and truly I didn't know that I had three lower chakras, they were so closed down. And when I started opening them up and letting the energy go into those chakras it it just changed everything for me and um and it's only now that i really stay grounded in my body i don't dissociate when i'm in a, in a conversation that i don't like where it's going i can speak up for myself i can talk like this very confidently and present in my body and it's truly between the the work between the e f t and the chakra work, so I'll stop there because I could just go on and on and but i'll I'll stop there <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i I wanted to go back to oh well, your coach um was on the podcast avalon, right yes yeah. yes so for for those that are listening, that was a podcast episode I did last season, so you can listen to that one she was she was great. I love she her is. energy yeah. I definitely yes. And I, you know, just going back to the energy piece, I think that's one of the biggest um, ways of transformation. I mean, I know, you know, I'm all about energy healing. And when you are able to tap into your personal power, it shifts everything. So how would okay. you say that you you mentioned your self-confidence, but also how did everything else shift? Like your self-worth, your belief, being able to just take your, like to up-level your life from where you were. To where you wanted to go using the chakra work was it meditations? Like how specifically um, did you utilize mm-hmm. the energies of the chakras?
1: Well, um, some meditation, some meditation, and some self reiki. I'm a, a reiki master, and doing reiki on myself was really helpful. And and if you're not a reiki person, that's fine. It's really easy. Um, like just put your hands over the chakra that you want to work on and just envision uh light going into that uh chakra and seeing it expand and strengthen in the way that it's it's moving and building in its color. So, like the root chakra, uh, you know, is uh, associated with red, and so just see it just glowing brighter and brighter and brighter red, and then the this the sacral, um, the orange. And I, I think of the color wheel, right? Red, orange, yellow. Red and yellow make orange. So that's how I, I remember it. But um, it's it's a, and it's also kind of a conscious um, remembering. Every now and then I'll forget and then I'll be and I'll be feeling out, out of whack. And then I'll go back in. Another thing that it's a simple thing that I is really helpful to me, and I, I learned this from Avalon is and I do this a lot when I'm just laying in bed is just to kind of scan your body just start at the top and just like scan down and there's no like trying to fix it there's no judgment there's no trying to analyze it but just scan down and I'll I'll spend a lot of time in my head but just like in the brain in the eyes and just like scan down your body to and just noticing it, just giving it a chance to notice. So I have just these little tools here and there. And, of course, I have tapping um, to,
0: to and, and, unstick uh, and whatever's stuck. Nice. And so when you're, when you're working with your clients, because you work specifically as a business coach, correct? Right. So do you utilize the chakra work within and the tapping with all your clients?
1: I utilize mostly the tapping okay. and uh, the reason I love doing the tapping is because it's such a safe n- container for talking about the things that um, that we don't even know are, are sabotaging ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's such a safe container for bringing up those bellwether events in our lives that caused a trauma and at that point in time we developed a belief about ourselves or about the world or we created this emotional trigger and it's and it's fast and efficient you don't have to talk about something for 10 20 years you can get in and i mean most people work on major major life uh situ- issues within five to ten m- maybe 20 sessions, but a lot of them can be done very quickly. Um, And um, I'll I'll give an example, some examples. It can be be like major big T traumas. It can also be the little T traumas that they're the the innocuous little events that happen in our life that we don't even realize had such a big impact on us. And I know my own was, um, I think I was like 12 years old and I was sweeping my grandmother's floor. And my mom looked down and looked at the little pile of dirt that I had. And she's like, is that all you got? I could have got twice that. And it's such an innocuous little thing that my mom probably never remembered the rest of her life. But for years, decades, if I thought about that, it would make me cry because it was such a a reinforcement of my beliefs about myself, that I'm not competent, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not um, that I'm always going to be judged, that you know, that I never did enough, et cetera. And, you know, this happens all the time. And um, one of my clients in the past re- remembered through, you know, as our, uh, through our, in our process, that about three or four years old, she climbed up on the couch to give her mom a hug. And her mom had just gotten some upsetting news. And instead of hugging her daughter, she got up off the couch and walked in the kitchen. And my client decided at that point in time that she was unlovable. And so, when we did the tapping, we went back and we helped her realize that at three years old, she was as lovable as anyone's ever going to be, and as much as anyone is, and that it had nothing to do with who she is, and everything to do with her mom not being able to meet her needs at that point in time. And so, a lot, like I said, a lot of times there's these things that have happened to us in our past that we don't even realize had such a major impact on us. And once we're able to release those, and were able to release those major beliefs. We're able to stop um, the emotional triggers. Like, I no longer cry when I tell that story.
0: Mm-hmm. And the tapping, for those that don't know about it, it's on um, certain, I mean, there are acupuncture points, right, that you tap? There and are. In a, in a specific order? Correct.
1: Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to learn. And the great thing about tapping is you can do it on yourself. So you can do it anytime. And it's um, there are a few little tips and tricks to make it as effective as possible. And of course, there's some things that you might want to use a practitioner for because it's sometimes it's hard to see our own story that we're telling ourselves, and so sometimes it's helpful. But for example, if you get triggered, uh, you know like uh, if you're a teenager yells at you or says, you know, something horrible to you and you can tap on just like reducing that, that, the emotions around that and that way you can respond, like you have to go away to go tapping. You're not going to start tapping in front of your teenager, but you can go away, tap on that and then that way you can respond from a, from where you want to respond from, not from the emotions.
0: Got it. So I liked what you said there, the, the difference between doing it yourself and going to a practitioner. Because um, I feel like also one of the good things about going to a practitioner of any kind, of coach, it's like the accountability, and actually oh. having what you're working on be up, you know. Because I feel like I have a coach and a mentor, and I'm I stay on top of whatever I'm working on because I know I'm going to see her that week. Right. You know what I mean? Where yeah. if I wasn't, then I'd be like, well, I can kind of procrastinate it. And also, when you're paying for something, you want to utilize the service. So I feel like it helps move people in a, in a, it up levels you as opposed to like, oh, let me get a YouTube channel and follow Mm -hmm. somebody that's tapping Cause you could do that. But I feel like working with someone kind of takes it to that next level. And also the practitioner provides their energy into your healing process.
1: Their energy and their perspective. Mm -hmm. And holding, you know, holding that container for, for you that, Knowing with you and for you that this is something that you can move through and that you can do, and always seeing the best in you when sometimes you can't see the best in yourself.
0: Yeah, that's the best part I feel like is that like seeing having someone be like, You are beautiful, you're amazing, you're you know, you're like, Whoa, I had no, you know, because our negative, our negative voice that we all have can really drown out all the positivity that we have. And I think it's so important to have somebody in your life be your cheerleader and be your support. I feel like everyone should have that type of person in their life. I do
1: too. I do too. Like I have business coaches. I'm a business coach and I have a business coach because it's hard for me to get out of my own way. And I know, I know what to do and I don't always do it. And that's exactly where my clients are, but it's, it's a human thing, right? The human thing, and so we all need, like you said, we all need that cheerleader and that person who's going to hold the higher vision for us.
0: Yeah, we all have our blind spots, you know. I feel Mm -hmm. like, like you know, I was talking about marketing my podcast. Like, you know, there's certain things that I'm really good at, and there's certain things I'm not. And I feel like it's so nice to be able to have someone support you in the areas that you need support in. Yes, and that provides growth, and you're helping somebody that something on something that you've already. Achieve that you can help them on so I think it's like a growth we're all growing in multiple ways and we all need help and and support I think that's just the thing about humans we all need each other
1: we do and also it's a, a peeling of the onion uh, and as we as we incorporate what we've learned or what we've healed then there's the next level and um, for example I just talked about my story of how you know, I, I was really deeply embedded in the victim story and I didn't know I had anxiety until only a couple of years ago. And now I don't, but I didn't know that I had anxiety around certain things. Um, and so it's it's, a, it's again, it's like that, oh, I get that now. And then there's the next thing. And I remember when I was um, mid-2000s, probably when I was first really doing a lot of my work, I would work through something and I'd be so excited. Be like, okay, what's next? Let's bring on the next one. And then um, that's another, that brings to mind another um, tool, which is if you have an emotion around something, to just feel that emotion and let it rise up in you. And like if you have something like um, anger or shame around an event in your past, just find a time to just, you know, go to that event. Let that feeling come up, and don't try to do anything with it. Just let it come up, and eventually, you know, when I do that, I I will kind of think through in my mind. I'll kind of go where my mind takes me, and what it, you know, what what I the meaning I gave to the event, and and all of that. And the and then eventually that feeling peaks, and then it goes away. And I've done that on some really major things that um, at afterwards i'd be like wait a minute what did i just work on i mean it was so gone that i couldn't even remember this thing that had been disturbing me for decades so that's another little tool that people can use
0: nice and so how do you incorporate tapping in your day-to-day life in terms of because i feel like it's something that is so easily shared with people And I feel like when you're a healer and you're working the people around you also benefit from your growth. So I'd love to know, or I'm just wondering how your growth has affected your family, especially your immediate family.
1: Oh, so much. I can't even tell you my, my husband, our relationship is not, has never been better. And I, um, I just don't judge inst- it like I did. Instead, I'm 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 have gratitude, and I and we have fun and we joke and I I'm not so, because I'm not so sensitive. I'm not taking things personally, and when something, I'll give you an example. We actually were in a car accident in November. My husband was driving. I was in the back seat with my grandchild, my grandson, and we ended up rear-ending somebody on a freeway. Oh, no. And my husband. I could tell right away that he like left his body. He was so upset. And in the past, I would have judged him for kind of like being weak and not taking care of the situation and, you know, um, everything. And in this time, it really came to me. I thought, you know, he needs support right now. And I reached out and I touched his arm to ground him, bring him back into his body. And I just reminded him, you know, it's okay just it's okay. Just talk to the guy. Everything's going to be okay. It's fine. And it made all the difference in the world to him and how he dealt with that accident. And in the, like I said, in the past, I would have never been able to do that. And the, the other way is like with my children, um, I was growing up, I was a very angry, shut down person. Like I said, I had no concept of my lower chakras and I literally felt a physical barrier at the top of my heart. Um, where the only two feelings that I really came had were love for my children and anger. So I was a very impatient, angry parent. And um truthfully I paid the price for that. Both of my children had very difficult teenagerhoods. And now they're they're adults and um I can truly connect with them in a way that um honors who they are and uh and where we can have a good relationship. Like lately, my 25-year-old son has been coming over once a week and having dinner and watching TV with my husband and I. And we he picked a show and watched it. And now we've got him into Ted Lasso. So we're having a great time rewatching Ted Lasso. And in the past this would have not been a very fun occurrence. And now we really we enjoy each other and we're we're we can be considerate of each other and I see the the strengths of my son in a way that I hadn't seen before. So yeah, it's
0: just it's changed everything. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, I feel like that's also kind of what you're saying could also be interpreted as having unconditional love and acceptance for someone. More and more. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Because I'm I'm it's not how I see them and view them is not overlaid by this veil of self-hatred and self-doubt and, um, you know, not even wanting to be in my own body and all of that, because now I can be solid in myself, and that allows me to be a much better mom, a much better wife, you know, a much better friend, all of that.
0: Yeah, that's all, you know, that saying, so this is kind of can also be interpreted as when people say self-love, like loving yourself. And I think that a lot of times that self-love gets interpreted in many, many ways. But the way I interpret it is pretty much you're healing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're you're healing these wounds inside yourself so you're not as triggered by other people so that you can give more grace and you could be more con- unconditional and more accepting because you're not so triggered by other people's pain because your pain on a certain level is healed. And I feel like that makes the biggest difference in the world because if you're constantly reacting to other people's stuff that triggers your pain, it's really hard to stay present in your body.
1: Absolutely. And I'm and that's a beautiful way to think of it. And I think that can be really helpful because when in the past when I thought about loving myself, I was like that what a weird concept. And um now I I feel it as a calmness as a as an acceptance and a calmness within myself and being able to live life with joy in the past, I've always been very fatalist. Like why try, why, why, why do this? Why do that? I mean, life is, life sucks. And then you die. And now it's very much like, Ooh, Ooh, I get to do this. And it's, there's even moments of joy. of just like,
0: oh, that was fun. And in the past that would not have been possible. Yeah. It's amazing how, um, Shifting your mindset can heal your love for life Mm -hmm. because I can agree. Like I had similar feelings when I was younger. I was just like, what's the point? This is such a painful place. I'm just like existing like a zombie, just waiting for my moment to die and not truly living. And that makes your, it makes your day-to-day life so much more rich and beautiful and enjoyable when you can shift your mindset into a more of a positive receptivity sort of situation.
1: Totally. That's exactly right. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into some of the infinite love questions. Okay. So the first one is how do you express love in your work?
1: In my work, I absolutely know
0: that a lot of the feelings
1: that women entrepreneurs especially uh, struggle with are not really who they are the feeling unworthy, the um, feeling inadequate, feeling scared, feeling stuck. Uh, It's not who they are. Um, And like I said, like I've described, I know this because I've lived it. And um, it's such an amazing journey to peel away one layer, one memory, uh, one belief, one trigger at a time. And, um, so I so absolutely love helping women entrepreneurs, uh, especially go like peel that onion, see the limiting beliefs for what they are as non-truth, being able to take on a different belief that, you know, to feel empowered in their business. And I know. A lot of times we don't succeed because these feelings keep us from taking the actions that we need to build the momentum in our business. And I was a poster child for that. In the mid 2000s, I had a business coach for a different business. And that poor guy, I was probably like the worst client he ever had because I never did anything he ha- he told me to do or suggested. Right. And uh, it was all because of the, all those feelings of self-doubt, um, fear of being judged, fear of of failure, fear of being seen, all of those things stop me from being able to actually do these things in my business. And they're just normal things that other business people do all the time in their business that I couldn't do them. And so by helping women entrepreneurs know that the truth of the stories and the truth of who they think they are are not actually who they are um, underlying that, those stories. Is um, it's. I believe that as more women step into their power and build successful foundational business, there's going to be more balance, more equity, more harmony in the world. And that's how I, my way, my, um, my contribution to building that is through helping women
0: know who they are and, and feel empowered and be able to take those actions and build their business. I love that. And and I feel like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, it's really interesting when I first started this 12 years ago, building my business, you know, there's all these personal development courses and I never like, and I never really was like, why is this tied together? But now I know because it's really impossible to really build a business unless you work on yourself, because most of running a business is the mindset. It's the mindset, it's a discipline, it's just moving forward and you can't move forward if you have these emotional blocks or these mental blocks and so now i totally understand why personal development goes hand in hand with running a business because you really it's really about creating that mindset to create this business because there is the entrepreneur and there's the employee and we're mostly trained by school to really be an employee because we have teachers, they tell us what to do. We're like, okay, 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 college. We have, again, professors telling us what to do. And it's not until you break away from that that you're like, okay, now I have to create something else. And it, in a lot of ways, feels like the complete opposite of what society kind of trains you to be in schooling. And so it takes a lot of undoing, a lot of relearning, letting go. All these hurts and pains. So you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't think I could run a business successfully without the help of the coaches that I had in my life. It just this, and then, and then listen to them. <laughs> right. You but, know, like, go ahead. Yeah, like you. It's all divine timing, right? Because I feel like now somebody can tell me something and, and it hits differently than it did like five or six years ago. Like somebody would say something to me and I'm like, oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to put that on Instagram. Uh, now I'm just like, okay. I'll put it on Instagram, whatever, (laughs) you know, like it's like like I wanted to do a podcast 10 years ago, but I just didn't have the confidence or whatever. Uh I kind of was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it took me years. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Yes. You know, so it's timing.
1: Yes. And I'm going to add to for women that um, undoing the patriarchal thinking is also a critical thing and and kind of the generations of of the feminine being subjugated, like I recently had um, uh, a, a male business person who is a very very nice person, and um but he did. We were having a conversation, and he told me what he how he thought I should be running my my coaching business because he sees a, a business coaching as um, I have a process, and you know this is where I'm going to get your business is going to start here. We're going to go here. We're going to you know, maybe we're going to 10x your income, blah, blah, blah. And, and I listened to him because I was listening for any good um, points that would make sense. Well, and then the next conversation we had, I was like, um, that's not how I run my business. I'm, I'm, I'm much more heart centered. I'm all about the feelings I'm about the underlying things behind why you can't do those things. Like, just like with my coach in the mid 2000s of, you know, not being able to do the things that the the other business coaches who all have their place, right? They're absolutely wonderful. But if you're not at that place where you can, can take these major steps, you're wasting your money. And um, so that's, um, it was kind of like telling, explaining to him that there's this whole world of female, feminine energy based businesses mm-hmm. that um, do things a different way and it's okay.
0: Yeah. 100 percent like i was gonna work with this male i'm um, a white male business coach and then i had to like so i i was like wait a minute wait a minute like i can't do this like i because he started talking and i remember i was like this is so patriarchal like what am i doing this is the complete opposite of what i want like i want to be in an inclusive environment even i mean he could he could it doesn't even matter the person's gender or sexual orientation or their race, it's that person, like how that person runs their business. Are they heart-centered? Are they inclusive? You know, are are they about, like, equal rights and equal opportunities? And that makes, it's such an important part. I didn't realize how important it was until I was facing the patriarchal. Figure. And I was like, this isn't gonna work because I have worked with men like that before and I and I'm always frustrated and I don't I know why until I'm like, oh, until I sit down with a woman, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. This the patriarchal is real. And it's what's what's crazy about it is like they don't realize it. You don't like realize- you'll have a conversation, you're like, Do you not see the privileged patriarchal conversation we're having here? They're like, What? And I'm like, see, I can't.
1: And that's why when I, my last job, I told you about it wasn't working well. It was in a FinTech company and it was, you know, 90% um, male. There was some diversity in terms of race, but um, mostly white. And um, all of the, the um, senior positions were males, except for HR, of course. of course. And most of the, most of the workers were t- like 30, 30 years old, white males out of major colleges. and not me i'm not a 30 year old
0: white male so. yeah it was. it's intense it's intense um it's really intense to and then to like be around someone that like his conversations when i talk about my business he's like oh you should just do this this and this and this and i'm like that's like not everyone can just go do that like it's So I really think it's important for everyone when they're looking for help is to find someone that you have that heart connection with. So I think for me, that's everything. Like, it doesn't matter who the person is unless there's love and reciprocity. I don't think anything can really shift. At least that's my opinion. I feel like that's why I feel like love is everything. Cause when you meet someone that truly loves you and supports you and you can love them, then you could really take it. You could take in the information in a different way than if it's coming from the mind.
1: Yes. Until, yeah. Yes, completely.
0: So the second question is, where has forgiveness brought more love into your life?
1: Well, for me, it was
0: self forgiveness, and I
1: actually did a workshop um, on radical self forgiveness. I don't know if you know radical self uh, radical forgiveness through with um, Colin Tipping. Yes. And okay, so uh, I actually knew a woman, one of very few. Women, Uh, trainers in the world who who are certified to to train on the um, or to do sessions on the radical forgiveness so I went to a weekend uh, self-forgiveness thing which was really scary and it was super hard and and it's where we were asked to like share something that we would normally never share with anyone like one of our the ways that our deepest shame or something like that and that was the first time I ever spoke out loud that I hated being myself, and to to um, have that acknowledged and out in the world. Because of course, shame lives on uh, silence and not sharing and um, in like recycling right itself and beating beating yourself up over and over and over again. And so to be able to say that out loud and to work through the process of self-forgiveness, of not wanting to be me, lay the
0: foundation really for everything that's happened since. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I I agree. I feel like self-forgiveness in a lot of ways is a big part of loving yourself. Because without that, it's really difficult because those pockets of pain can really um, stop people from moving forward, and yes. shame is really intense. It's so intense. But you like, but what's interesting is I think Brene Brown talks about it. Like she talks about shame a lot. But I I remember what she said. I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like once you bring light to shame, it kind of loses its power because then then what? Like you tell somebody the most shameful thing that happened to you, and then it's like it's just it gets released. But sometimes the shame, the thing that we're the most shame about, it's hard to talk about.
1: Absolutely, and self-forgiveness is sort of like self-love. Self-forgiveness—you're like, what does that mean? How do you do that? And and it's just about healing those wounds, I think, over time. And also, um, getting to the point of understanding that some of the things that we hold shame around were just normal circumstances and weren't that big of a deal. But especially when we were children, they seemed so big and I remember uh, my daughter was like five or six or seven and she did something and I didn't judge her around it. In fact, I went, oh, that's something normal that kids do. And in my head, I had a lot of shame around doing that when I was little. And so just realizing that, that some things are normal and some things everyone does and some things are just mistakes that we made along the way as for learning. That goes a bit a long way, I think, towards self forgiveness. Absolutely.
0: What What is the most compassionate act someone has done for you?
1: I think it's uh, believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. Yeah. And yeah. And my my husband's done that for years and years. He did that for years. And then Avalon was a big person and. Um, having, like you, we were talking about earlier, is having that person who's there for you, who sees you, who sees your light and, and but sees how you're self-sabotaging, how you're holding yourself back, how you have kind of a little bit of a skewed perspective on yourself um, and just, you know, helping
0: see underneath the stories that we've, that we tell to ourselves. Yeah. What do you love most about your life?
1: Well, besides
0: the one-year-old grandbaby, (laughs) um,
1: it's just that I'm so happy to feel the way I feel in my body. And I also am so happy where I'm at in my business. And it's really only been fairly recently that I feel really confident about setting up the systems and the processes. Like I was talking about not being able to do anything. For the last several years, I've done a you know, I've been working with my coach. I've been doing my tapping. I've, I've been in other programs. And it, all my programs that I was buying was really kind of that self-development and, and everything. And I've gotten to that point where that's not my priority anymore. The priority now is to build my business. And I'm so ex- It's such a sh- huge shift. And I'm really
0: excited about that. Beautiful. How do you feel you receive love?
1: Through shared experience. Like um, my favorite thing to do with my friends um, is to, you know, go wine tasting or go out to eat or go on a walk or travel together, you know, make those, those um, experiences. Out of the ordinary doesn't have to be out of the ordinary because going to dinner isn't necessarily out of the ordinary, but just that shared experience of, of sharing Talk and conversation, and and the food, or
0: seeing beautiful things, or whatever it is, shared experiences definitely. Okay. And where has love created a miracle in your life?
1: Well, I alluded earlier to when my husband, my second husband, left me, which um, we divorced in 2000. We got back together in 2002, and so we're coming up on our 20th anniversary of being back together. And uh, it it may not have sounded like love, but uh, it at the time, like I said, I was very close down and I he was he's a bit younger than I am. I had been married before I had my daughter. So and I was very controlling and I it, I pretty much controlled everything in the family. That's that was my my survival mechanism. And my priorities were my daughter, my job and then maybe him somewhere down the line. And he got to the point where he was like, this isn't working. And he tried to talk to me about having a more balanced relationship and yeah. I couldn't do it. And so he, in his own kind of for his own sake, he did leave. And that's what I said, kind of prompted that the the spiritual journey that I went on and the self healing journey and excuse me. And, but there was always love there as You can see because we got back together and we've been back together 20 years. So that was the uh, I always said it's the best, worst thing that ever happened to me.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you guys got back together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me too. (laughs) Um, So where can people find you? How do people work with you? And do you accept personal clients or do you do more group setting? Just love to hear more information on if people are interested in working with you.
1: Yes, I do one-to-one coaching with people, and uh, I also have an um, online program called Four Ways to Feel More Empowered. Four ways to feel empowered in your business, and uh, and so tappingintoyourtrueself.com is my website. My um, Instagram is steppingintoyourtrueself. I also have a Facebook page i don't have a group i have a facebook page tapping into your true self but also my my personal page lisa nickel lisa gay Nichols, i think because there's a famous lisa Nichols that is not me and someday maybe i'll have her notoriety and maybe not
0: (laughs) (laughs) cool did that answer your question yeah that was perfect so thank you so much for being on the podcast i'm sending you so much love
1: i'm sending it back
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.